Hey everyone, welcome to Meat Sports Alcohol for Monday, June 7th. I'm your co-host Dylan. And I'm JMO. We have a super awesome show for you today. First, we sit down with Jake Madison. Uh, he's the host of the Locked on Pels podcast, daily podcast covering the New Orleans Pelicans. He's also the co-host of Locked on NBA. Super knowledgeable guy. Uh, talk to him about some, some Pelicans basketball, and then we do a bunch of playoff recap, playoff, uh, uh, playoff talk. And it was, it was a blast. Yeah. He was a great guy, super knowledgeable. And also, uh, went along with a bunch of our stupid questions and, and our general shtick, which is nice. Uh, after that, Dylan and I do another edition of the chicken coop this time talking about celebrity boxing matches that we would want to see. Uh, there were some pretty awesome ones on there. I don't want to give them away, uh, but let's just say if these boxing matches were to happen for real, we'd be spending some serious money to watch them. By the way, just here we go. We're recording this 848 Sunday night. Dylan, want to get a pr- quick prediction in for Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Logan Paul is going to knock out Floyd Mayweather first round. Is it fair to say we're both Logan Paul guys? Yeah. I think I'm a bigger Jake Paul fan than I like a Logan them both. Paul fan. But I think I like they're both, both hilarious. Yeah, I think they're great for just everything. They're extremely entertaining, and I'm in. Yeah, it's like steroids yeah. in baseball. Like, I know it's not what's supposed to happen, but it's sick. If but it's I'm having gonna fun watching it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I will watch Barry Bonds blast it 450 feet every time. Yeah, um, 100%. All right, so let's lock it in. Logan Paul, KO against mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather. First uh, time. And that's our show. All right. Take it away, chat. Big up the whole island. Massive man straight from the golden globe. Respect. Boss man. You don't know. Biden. Respect. Big two. Make the king go up. Make the king go up. Donald no one rabbit. Boss man. Straight from the golden globe. We now welcome on Jake Madison. Uh, he's host of Locked On Pels podcast, the daily podcast covering the New Orleans Pelicans, and co-host of Locked On NBA. Thanks so much for joining us, Jake. Of course. Happy to be on talking some basketball. The playoffs have been pretty fun so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to say, I'm pretty jealous of both of the names of your podcast, though. As I was writing it down the first time, I was thinking we should maybe audible to Locked On Meat Sports Alcohol, Dylan. Like, yeah, <laughs> stay locked, locked in on it. Yeah, you know, we got, we got the branding. You know, there's there's a podcast for every team. It, it kind of works. Also helps when the you know the guy who founded the network's last name is Locke. So I can't take credit for this or anything. Uh, damn. Yeah, he really has his name stamped name. all yeah. over, all yeah. over the product. <laughs> it's good branding. It's, you know yeah. the bosses. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, my first question before we get into basketball is just how the hell do you do a daily podcast? How can you possibly keep up? It's, so, uh, <laughs> it's hard enough doing a weekly one. You, you get in a groove. So I've done this now for almost five years. And so you, you tend to get in a groove and the show's around, you know, 20, 25 minutes daily. And then, okay. you know, it takes me maybe 40 minutes to do everything. I've kind of got it down to a bit of a science. You got it. You know, the big thing on anything, it's just do your prep work on the front end, know what you want to talk about, come in with all of that stuff. And don't just kind of ramble on for 20 minutes, because I don't think anyone actually wants to hear me doing that. So, you know, after this many years, you know, it, you, you get into a groove with it. It takes 
time though. There's, there's no denying that putting out 20 plus shows a month. And this isn't my full-time job. I have like a full-time other job. So I do this for like kind of fun on the side and everything, but I like basketball. I like talking about basketball and this saves my girlfriend, uh, you know, the trouble of having to listen to me talk about it all the time since I got other people to do that. Although she <laughs> likes the Pels. So like she would probably happily do that. Yeah. 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 The, the preparing well and not rambling. I feel like I should be taking notes right now. Cause that's basically what Dylan and I do is yeah, not prepare ramble. and ramble. Um, but it works. Look, it works sometimes. Sometimes you gotta have those like heat of the moment, passionate, like those, those fiery rants can be really fun. But like all the advice I give to people doing this is like, do, do the work on the front end and like do the show before you record the show. And then you just have to record it. And it's super easy at that point. Totally. All right. Well, I hope the questions we have lined up here. Uh, go well then uh, I'll, but, I'll be able to tell now yeah. uh, on the topic though of recording a daily podcast uh, just one of the questions I want to ask you was what was it like covering the Pelicans every single day this season obviously a disappointing season uh, not what you'd expect from that roster but was it just like a challenge having to watch that team and complain. <laughs> yeah. Like a good bit, you know, look, there, there were some awesome moments this season for the Pelicans, despite it being like not the best year. Like, I think that's very safe to say they couldn't even clear the 10th seed in the Western conference. Like it's a pretty low bar to try and hit with both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and some of the complimentary pieces they've had around him. But it was fun seeing Zion do the point Zion thing and kind of become the player that we all thought he could be and had the potential to be when they took him number one overall, when he was probably the most hyped prospect coming into the NBA since LeBron James. I think Anthony Davis might've been the most talented prospect coming into the league since LeBron, but Zion was absolutely the most hyped coming into the league. Like everyone wanted to see this dude and see him kind of reach that potential in his second year. And in his second year here was when he finally crossed that threshold of 82 games. So we finally got a full season actually under his belt and to see some of the things that he was doing it's pretty fun to watch something like that on a nightly basis almost and so i enjoyed that side of it pretty much everything else sucked to be perfectly honest I and mean, it became a very long slog of a season when they're playing a game every other day and i've got to watch all of those games and then stay up and record a podcast after those games and west coast games don't end my time till 11 or midnight or so it's not the most fun thing sometimes being up till one or two in the morning after watching them get blown out by like 30 or something like that because they couldn't play defense or they didn't have enough shooters or they i don't know or stan van gundy didn't play zion williamson in overtime which basically happened in a game so from that perspective Perspective, not so fun. And it's nice that I'm not a beat writer that has to kind of, you know, travel with the team, do it like they do. And I get to get some of that, but not all of it. And it probably saved my sanity this year, I think. Yeah, I watched the last game of the year. I remember because I bet on it uh, against the Lakers, <laughs> for the Lakers to avoid the play in. And it truly seemed like something terrible had happened. The entire Pelicans broadcast, just the crew and everyone else. We're just so disappointed by the season. They even had David Griffin on. And he was like, I don't know. Like, I guess I messed up. We'll run it back next year. Um, but in your opinion, like, what was the problem? Is it just Van Gundy? Is that what it comes down to? No, it's not entirely him. Like, look, it's safe to say that they made the wrong hire in Stan Van Gundy, you know, and we get the benefit of hindsight with that watching this past season that we saw, though I don't think they're going to fire him or they should fire him. And it doesn't mean he can't turn this around, but, you know, hindsight helps kind of all of our analysis here. Um, so he definitely kind of graded on the players to a certain degree. And without going into some specifics on that, you know, there's some 
issues they're going to need to kind of iron through. Nothing that I think is big enough that if they were winning, it wouldn't fix, right? Like the problem is you had a losing season with all of these COVID restrictions, which probably just makes it feel so much worse. You can't really hang out with your teammates off the court, right? Like at one point they weren't allowed in each other's hotel rooms, so they couldn't go and play cards or gamble or, you know, play video games since a lot of them do that. They kind of were just isolated when they're on the road. They weren't allowed to go out and eat and party and all of that. You know, when your coach is yelling at you, it's probably going to feel worse if you don't have ways to kind of like blow that steam off, I think, you know, on the road and things like that throughout the course of the year. So that was a part of the problem there. But everyone was kind of affected by things like that. You know, they couldn't figure out how to play defense like for the life of them at all. And that's kind of Stan Van Gundy's calling card. I think that's more of a personnel issue. Those guys just some of them don't want to try hard on that side. As good as Brandon Ingram is offensively, and he's really talented. And if you look at how he kind of changed his game from last year to this year and put up basically the exact same numbers, I think I think his points per game were exactly the same. It's it's truly impressive the offensive season he has when you put it in the proper context. That dude has to be, though, one of the worst defenders in the league. You know, and you're going to lose a lot of games when your second or first best player, depending on how you want to qualify him, doesn't want to commit on the defensive side of the ball. You know, he's a fifth year player. At that point, you kind of need to figure it out. Zion, you can understand why he's making some defensive mistakes, things like that. Guys like B.I., Lonzo, some of the others, uh, it, it, it doesn't really quite fly. And that was a big problem I thought that they had to. And then lack of shooting. You know, they took a lot of three-pointers. They would get a lot of open looks. And they just didn't have guys that can convert that. And we can get into the whole spacing issue, which I actually do not think impacts Zion Williamson a ton. But you're going to need shooters to just convert three-point shots, and that's not something that the Pelicans were able to do. So if you're not making threes, you're not playing defense, and the coach and the players aren't getting along, it's going to lead to, you know, what, a 31-41 and season that they had. Yeah, I feel like the Brandon Ingram not performing on defense uh, is certainly a person who covers the Pelicans every single day thing to know and comment on. I must say, (laughs) I, I watched, I don't know how many Pelicans games this year, but his lackadaisical defense is not something I cut up on. So that's why we have you on the podcast. I just learned. I just yeah. learned that. Local experts, right? <laughs> yeah. What, um, how do you see uh, them going forward? Like, what, what are you looking for them to do going forward? Like, any specific players, any kind of key deficiencies that you're, you're looking to improve on? So there's three things that David Griffin highlighted in his end of season media availability. And he said, and he did them in this order, or at least I remember the first one. I don't remember what the other two were um, or the order that they were in, but he said, first and foremost, basketball IQ, which I think is telling that he uses that as the first thing they need to improve. And it goes back to the defense thing, right? Like these guys just at times you could see them like yelling at each other of who was supposed to cover whom. And they just got it wrong. Like they were getting back on defense and one guy was on the wrong person and you'd have like Steven Adams come over and be like, no, move over there. Or you'd have someone, you know, someone else do that. And when you're making that many mistakes, you know, late in the season, when we were seeing that too, that's something you should do in the first 10 games with a new head coach, right? They're installing a new defense, a new system. It's going to take some figuring out when you're doing that in game 60 of a 72 game season, you've got an issue there with just not understanding what's going on in basketball IQ, whether it's, you know, and then trying on that side too. Like this isn't 
hard. You've just got to get back and play defense. You know, you guys make or miss a shot, turn around and run the opposite direction. And when guys don't do that, you know, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and are like, okay, what, what are we doing here? Um, so the basketball IQ and just the stuff that comes with that, David Griffin really highlighted. He also said toughness. I don't know if he necessarily means physical toughness with that, but maybe more mental toughness, resilience, or something like that. A lot of the time against bad teams, the Orlando Magic are a good example of this. After they had traded away Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, they came out and smacked New Orleans and beat them and took it to them early on. And the Pelicans had just no answer to that. A team that they are significantly better than, a team that just traded away its three best players, I think, basically. And they just couldn't come back against a team that they're significantly better than. And I think that's what he means by toughness, resiliency, being able to kind of get out, you know, you get punched in the face and how do you respond to that sort of thing? They really lacked that. And there was a turning point in the middle of the year against the Indiana Pacers where they blew a big lead and they they just looked shell-shocked after that game kind of going forward from there. And then the final thing he said, which should be the most obvious thing, is shooting. Like, more shooting on this team would be good. You know, I don't think it's going to space the court more for Zion Williamson when Zion's shooting something like 70% at the rim and you have a choice between covering him at the rim or an open three-point shooter. The math actually works out to covering Zion unless that shooter shoots like 52% from three, you're not going to cover that guy. You're going to double Zion instead, but you need shooters that are at least good enough that when he does find the open man and kick it out, they convert that shot you know, at a decent percentage. And that's not something that the Pelicans had this past year. So there was no way to make teams pay for doubling Zion Williamson. The Pelicans shot for 34.8% uh, from three. That's 26 in the league. They need to upgrade on that side of the ball. So those are the three things I think they're looking to try and address how they go about doing that. There's a big domino that needs to fall first. And that's going to be the draft lottery currently slotted for 10th you know, if that jumps into the top four, do they, you know, look to potentially move that pick or, you know, if it's one or two, I think they end up keeping it. I think if it's three or four, they may not um, do that sort of thing. Sorry, my phone was like making noise here. Uh, and um, so, you know, I think what their offseason is going to look like kind of depends on the draft lottery and where that pick falls. If it's a 10 and it stays in that range, like they're going to certainly try and move it. They'll get a marginal enough upgrade. I think with that pick, but it's not going to be necessarily the game changer that they hope. But if it jumps into the top four, I think you can move that pick, um, you know, targeting some of these needy teams. Like, look, I would make an offer to Portland for Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum and just throw some of those picks you have from the Lakers and Bucks in there and just basically force them to accept it with kind of quantity and things like that. So given that Zion sounded a little bit unhappy in his end of season media availability, and if there was ever a player that's going to take the qualifying offer instead of that, that rookie extension, right. And try and avoid restricted free agency and then become an unrestricted free agent in year. That would make it after his fifth year before his sixth year, it'd be Zion Williamson. If there was one guy that was ever going to do it. It's him. The Pelicans need to avoid that doomsday scenario. And I think they're feeling the heat a little bit for that. And so I expect a lot of changes this off season because they basically have to get it right, right now. I would give a, I would just blow it up except for Zion. If I was the GM. I'd go Zion. We're going point Zion. I'm just going to surround you with shooters. Just a bunch of Tyler heroes, Duncan Robinson's, Grayson Allen's maybe, and just toss them out there. And primary ball. Handling. It couldn't work. A good idea, it, it, but 
I, look, I, I'd love to see it. I think that would be really, really fun. And if you've got enough good shooters around him, like I don't see how anyone kind of stops that. Like he's good enough passer. I think you need at least like one of those guys to be a ball handler. The problem is, you know, you're in a small market, right? So you're playing kind of by a different set of rules than Los Angeles, than Boston, than Miami. So value really comes into play, I think, when it comes to making decisions, right? Like you've got to kind of maximize every asset you have because the, the margin for air is so much thinner. So if you're if you're talking about blowing it up and moving everyone, and look, I agree with you that everyone other than Zion could be moved. The, the problem is, what do you do with Brandon Ingram and how do you kind of include him in a trade? Because in theory, if you're trading him, you need to get someone better than him, right? Like that's otherwise you're probably not getting that kind of value that you have to get to succeed. And that's where it just gets kind of weird, right? Like you look at the Boston Celtics as an example of this, like what, what you know, they need to do something, right? They, they're going to just try and bring in a new head coach, a different voice and see if it reaches these players. But you can see some issues a little bit with the roster and Jalen Brown, you know, as an odd guy out has been floated in a lot of trade rumors. If they trade him, it's going to be for someone better than Jalen Brown. But like, how do you find a trade where that really kind of makes any sense? Unless you start to get into three and four team deals. And that's where things get a little bit difficult. So that's where it becomes like really, at least for me in my 10 years of doing this now, like impossible to kind of predict and project of like what's going to happen. But no, like put more shooters around Zion. Like you're dead on when it comes to things like that. Yeah. Duncan Robinson's going to be a free agent after this. Year. He is. Yeah. And he said fits really important, right? Yeah. Didn't he say that on Twitter or Instagram he recently? He did. Yeah. Um, I honestly, after watching the Suns this year, I'm convinced that you could put Chris Paul on like almost every single bad team in the NBA and they would be good. They would just, and like, obviously he's not available uh, this summer, but like he's, I don't know how he does it, but he seems like he could be a perfect kind of, KG vet to help the Pels out. You know, it's interesting and it might depend on what Phoenix does, I think, right? Like that's kind of like the big thing here with him right now, but like they're, they're almost certainly going to try and what, I think he's got a player option. I'm pulling this up right now to see. Yeah, he's got, he he's got a player more, option for $44 million, but yeah. I saw a report that he might decline that in trying to get like one more last big mm. contract for go the 44 million and get an $80 million deal over the next four years or something like that, or, you know, three or six, whatever it might be more money than that. Um, and at 36, that's this, he's got like one more big contract in him, I think. Um, so there's potential to, to try and bring him in, but I don't see him leaving there, but he's on a, on like a heater of show his value. Right. Yeah. Remember when everyone thought he was just kind of like washed up and you don't want him. That contract's way too much. Don't trade for him. Right. Like two years ago, then yeah. he takes that underachieving Oklahoma City team and works magic with them. Then he goes to the Phoenix Suns, who I think were a little underrated going into this season. Right. Like last year, they impressed in the bubble. They went undefeated in the bubble. And everyone's like, oh, my God, wait, this team might like be kind of getting there. I think they were actually better than we thought last year. But they had that DeAndre Ayton suspension for PEDs or something like that. And that probably kind of masked what that team actually was. But pairing pairing a guy like Chris Paul, who's that smart, right? And he knows everything that's going out there on the court. And I got to cover him for a year here in New Orleans and watched him before that 
here in the city. He he's so smart. And you pair him with Monty Williams, who's grown as a coach from his time here in New Orleans and is such a smart head coach and keeps his team so well prepared. You look at that Suns team and it's no surprise that they came out and just smacked the Lakers in a couple of those games, just having the right game plan and the right mentality. But if you were to put Chris Paul, who's got so much dog in him on this team that needs a lot of that. Yeah, it'd do wonders, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I will say just a, a side note there. I think the minutes that DeAndre Ian lost from that suspension, Aaron Baines came in. Borderline all star MVP caliber Aaron Baines. So maybe a plus for them with those suspension. But uh there you go. <laughs> I, I feel like this playoffs so far has just been like uh proving me wrong every single series, every single game. Like I didn't think Chris Paul could do it again. He did. I didn't think Le- I thought LeBron James was just gonna be unstoppable again. It turns out he is stoppable, he ages. I've been an all-time hater of Trey Young and Devin Booker, and those both could not be more wrong right now. How have you <laughs> had to like reevaluate some of your, I don't know, um, like takes on on different players or teams and things like that? So um, I don't know. I thought all of those guys were kind of good. Like I, I've, <laughs> I've started to really believe in Devin Booker last season, um, and in the bubble with everything where he looked so good and you could see him like really starting to kind of almost turn a corner mentally and that closeout game against the Lakers he had what 18 in the first quarter and just looked and acted differently than we'd have seen him acted before and it's kind of like a guy growing into his game right and getting the mental side cut up with all the physical tools that he has and you could kind of see that coming with him Trey Young I mean dude just scores right and I think when you looked at that Knicks team they were primed probably for an upset one it's a Tom Thibodeau team who's done magic with the Knicks and should be coach of the year did he win coach of the year I can't remember now but he grinds those teams down right they were beating a lot of teams in the regular season by just out hustling them it doesn't that that kind of style doesn't work in the playoffs a little bit so i'm surprised it was 4-1 but julius randall came down to earth just a little bit and that's probably you know along with uh an atlanta team that's again well coached right nate mcmillan has done wonders with them from when they fired lord pierce and the kind of turnaround that they had so it doesn't necessarily surprise me i think 4-1 was a bit of a shock i think the team that kind of really open my eyes is it comes to the three, six matchup in the West Denver, Portland. I was so unbelievably impressed by what Denver was able to do in this series without Jamal Murray. And the fact that, and I've been saying this for a little while now, you know, they bet on themselves and they bet on Michael Porter jr. They could have included him in a James Harden trade, let's say, or even a drew holiday trade when he was traded from the Pels to the bucks. They were really, I can tell you really interested in him and they wouldn't include Michael Porter jr in there and you could have said at the time like what, what the hell are you guys doing like why would you not include this dude in a trade and how big has he been for Denver over the final stretch run of the regular season and in the first round of the postseason to really elevate them and give them that second score other than Jokic now that they don't have Jamal Murray and so kind of betting on their culture their player development and their draft uh, process I think was kind of eye-opening to me for that team um, and I'm going to be really anxious to see them in the next round um, as they take on the Phoenix Suns. And I think that's going to be a pretty fun series. And then the flip side of that, though, is Portland, right? Like they're in, they're in like the worst spot you can be in when it comes to a team, particularly in a small market, that team. And we've thought this for a while, right? Or at least I have, they're, they're never going to win an NBA title. 
not with how they're constructed, not with two undersized guards that don't play defense. CJ McCollum didn't really show up in that series. And at a certain point, are they comfortable just making the playoffs and getting bounced in the first round every single year? And that's kind of what they do, right? Or do they want to win a title? There's there's nothing wrong with what they're building in a small market. You know, the, again, different rules that you play by compared to some of these big teams. Sometimes it's enough just to get into the playoffs every single year, have a winning year and keeps your fans kind of happy, right? And they adore Damian Lillard there. He seems to adore them. And there's like a nice thing going on. It's kind, it's similar to like the grit and grind Grizzlies, I think, right? Like they were never going to win a title, but they, they, Identi- that city identified with the team so well. There was just this nice like symbiosis going on with them. And sometimes that's great. Like you would not call that grit and grind Grizzlies era an unsuccessful team building operation. But but does Dame want a title? Because it's not going to be there. And also they're a tax paying team, which is the other thing to like think about. That's re- That costs you a lot of money to get bounced out in the first round. It's not my money. I wouldn't want to spend it on that. But if you have the money, you want to burn it on that. That's cool, too. I'm not here to tell you know owners what to do or anything, but they kind of are at a crossroads where if they don't shake it up significantly, they fired stats like, you know, whatever. I don't think coaches make that big of a difference. Usually, if you're not changing the roster, if they don't really mix it up by either trading CJ or doing something else there, and I don't know if they have the assets to do it, you're basically signaling like we're cool losing in the first round every single time. And like, that's what we are. And does that then change how Damian Lillard approaches things? And I don't know the whole, that whole situation there is just like, not what you want. I think it feels almost like the end of an era and you're at a crossroads or a cliff. Maybe is the better way to put it. And you've got to make a decision. Well, it's, it's ironic that like you say the kind of dichotomy between is that something that Dame wants versus if that's something that the team wants, because I don't think that's something that Dame wants at all. Yeah, just kind of like what I can tell of his personality, but the only reason they can even get to the playoffs at all and have any chance is because of him. I mean, the rest of those guys are fucking scrubs. <laughs> yeah. No, like like I mean, Nurkic just Nurkic did is, nothing in that yeah, series. Yeah, I mean, they just totally dropped the ball. CJ, CJ McCollum in, in game six, that one where he was going off, looked like me playing out there. Like, it looked like <laughs> I was just, Dame would just pass to me and I'd step out of bounds and trip over myself and brick a three. And, like, it just was so he, he had 55 points and 12 made threes and they lost the game yeah Yeah. i've been on the opposite end of that watching anthony davis do unbelievable things right like i remember he had a game against in the opening round against or not opening round opening night against the denver nuggets he dropped 50 and no one else did anything they lost the game and it's like how do you waste performances like that and if you're damian lillard you've got to be furious about that it's like your career he said all the right things like i remember i think it was on instagram or something else or a podcast where he talked about he's like look i've got generational wealth that's going to go like beyond my grandkids and they're going to have like generations of my family if we all still exist after global warming and climate change and all of this in like a hundred years his family's still going to be loaded that's how much money they have they never made another dime that's great they adore him in that city he's a legend in portland right like he seems to enjoy all of this if you're cool with that like it's fine like i'm not going to judge you it's his career make make what you want of it but it does seem like he's a little frustrated now and he's been that good soldier and he's had that right attitude and i wonder if it's starting to change a little bit and every team should be looking to try and trade for him he's awesome I got to say his version of wanting to like blow it up though and call for Jason Kidd to be the next coach and Jason Kidd be like, I don't want the job. I'm not going to do it is a hilarious way to start your campaign to change the franchise. 
Like just as someone who's not Jason a Kidd who fan, failed in yeah. yeah, like he's yeah, historically not terrible a good coach. head coach too. Yeah. It, yeah. There's just and like no one no one seems to like him other than Giannis. Like none of his yeah. other players have like really stand for him. And Gian- Giannis likes re- everyone. really hard. Yeah, like I, I don't read too much. It, 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 the Jason Kidd thing is funny because within moments of the Celtics announcing that Brad Stevens was going to go move to the front office and Angels out, it's like, oh, Jason Kidd's in the running for the job. They they hadn't made a short list of candidates for that job whatsoever yet. Within yeah. seconds of Stotts being fired, it's reported, and it, you know, it comes from one person who's like tight with with Kidd's agent. We can we can put all of this together. You know, is like, oh, Jason Kidd in the running for this job. And it's like, man, they they haven't made a short list of candidates yet. They're going to hire a consulting firm that's going to give them a, a a short list of candidates because that's how this goes. And I guarantee you, Jason Kidd is not on that consulting company's short list of candidates. And that's why this whole thing came out of, oh, I don't actually want the job. No, you just needed to say that before that turns out they weren't going to interview you and you lose face. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Every job he's linked to and no one's hired him. Like at this point, he's been linked to like all 30 teams. It feels like if they were going to hire him, would have happened by now? I got to say, I definitely take it at face value that he actually didn't want the job. But now that you explained it that way, that makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Uh, I should have done going back to the start of the interview. Should have done my research about that first. Um, Luckily, uh, we have you on for the the information. Um, We were uh, we we had a couple uh, a list here of some of our favorite uh, moments of the playoffs. Uh, If you have a current favorite of the play, like specific moment of the playoffs, I think J Mo. uh, What is yours? The the Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder doing the salsa dance in front of LeBron. I say yeah. that's my and my mine is either that or the Trey Young bow while the Knicks fans were <laughs> cheering them on as like a nice season, and he just <laughs> stabs them in the heart. Wait, wait, if I get one more too, while uh, Jay Crowder is doing the salsa dance, yeah. Chris Paul doing the shimmy of Andre Drummond. Oh, I don't think I LeBron saw that. Shimmy. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Okay. Yeah. We'll send so, you the video. We'll send you the Twitter video. Okay. Yeah, basically, while Jay Crowder was mocking LeBron with a salsa dance, Chris Paul was like shaking his arms back and forth, mocking when Andre Drummond was doing the like turnaround while LeBron was doing it the, like, on back up. Yeah. On Jay Crowder. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, those were our favorite moment of the playoffs so far. So, so like, I don't have a moment like that. I, I, I just still vividly remember the Dame 55 point game from almost a week ago now, because I was yeah. recording locked on NBA right after that. And we had to wait till the games ended. And I, you know, it's like, I keep an eye on all the games. I was recording locked on pals and then it's like, Oh, okay. It's Dame time. I'm going to stop everything I'm doing and turn over the, I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan. I love guard play like that. And to see what he did, you know, to send it to overtime and then do the exact, the exact same shot, right? The step back long three, um, as time's expiring to hit the the three that sent it to double overtime. I kind of love those moments. I love those type of game winning threes. The And when you get like the pose after that is always great. The Damian Lillard one from two years ago, I think oh, against yeah. the Thunder. And then you had the, the Devin Booker one where he was just laying on his back, kind of oh, like yeah. looking forward was yeah. always great. So I always love those. So like whenever Dame's doing something like that, I, I I'm locked into that locked on that, I guess I should say as much as like humanly possible. <laughs> nice. Good branding. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching that um, by myself in my apartment and screaming, like 
screaming to absolutely no one in particular just like it's dave time holy shit yep. I, was, I was doing the same thing i was in my bed <laughs> watching it on my phone and i was like fist pumping i'm like what's yeah. wrong with me I, like, <laughs> I no dave time right is now. like like a special like special special thing and it's yeah. so much fun to watch like I, I was having this debate with someone and it was like is is he one of just the most consistently clutch players that we've ever seen right not the clutches to necessarily all the big moments he hasn't hit one to say win a title or anything like that but like when it's late in the game and it is game time and we all do it right you just hit your wrist there's like a motion to this you know when you're doing this it's like signaling it he, he steps up and comes through every single time and it's wild to me that they've done studies on this right like clutch players they're not really sure if those exist or not they've like kind of dove into the data and all of that and yet Every single time he's doing it. Yeah, the, the nerds can't ar- argue against Dane time. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. No, there's yeah. no math that you're going to prove to me. Yeah, that Dane it's called time the eye test, and I, I know that it exists. Yeah, I know Dane time when I see Dane time. Yeah, all right. Yeah. No- <laughs> he did it as a rookie. Like yeah. he did it as a rookie, and that's kind of the crazy thing. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, one other thing we wanted to do with you, um, we wanted to ask since you're the expert. Uh, if we could name some teams and you tell us if you think that they're worse than these 2021 Lakers mm-hmm. and we'll just go down. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So, so when we say 2021 Lakers, are we these talking that just got he- healthy Lakers or the Lakers we saw in the playoffs, the Lakers that we saw in the playoffs, because okay. I think at this, there's I think a difference point, here. Yeah. Cause I think at this point, well, first off, I don't know if Anthony Davis will ever be healthy ever. Again, I think it's just kind of an assumption that it'll be. And two, LeBron said it himself. He may never be 100% again. So I think at this point, we can just kind of assume. I'm going to roll my eyes at LeBron with that one (laughs) a a little bit. Like it was, does he, look, he, you know, talk about if he wants to control the narratives and you're you're about to hear this. This is going to come out of them already, right? Oh, well, we were in the finals last year. We had to play in the bubble that long. We were really tired going into this year and it impacted us. Like there's, that's the narrative they're going to spit out. I don't, there's some degree of truth with that. I don't know if it's the most right. Uh, But LeBron being like, oh, I'm 85% and I'm only going to be 85% over going forward. Like he knows off seasons exist where you get healthy and you kind of start every season like fresh and it doesn't like roll over or something like that. I don't know. That was so weird. Honestly, honestly, I think it's like, it's because he's never been hurt before. So it was like the first time he actually really got hurt. And it was like, it's like when you get sick and you haven't been sick in a while and you're like, holy shit, I'm never going to feel good again. I'm going to have a stuffy, stuffy nose <laughs> for the rest really of my life. A really bad hangover. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm never, like, never going to. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, you wait a couple of days and wow, you're fixed. Like, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, you're fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, OK, so the first you want to go through the the list of the some of the teams that we have. Yeah, sure. So first one. OK. Oh, uh, right on topic. The Portland Blazers team that got swept by the no KD Warriors a few years ago. Was that a better team than these Lakers? All right. So we're talking like game six Lakers, right? Because I do want to say when they were all healthy on this Laker team, like they they were really good, right? Like we all remember they were something like 19 and eight when LeBron and Anthony Davis played this year. So we, we forget have a like memory. they looked like the what yeah. the one seed, like it looked really good for a while. Um yeah, I'd say uh, no. They're they're better than that team. They're better than that team. Even like the banged up 
Anthony Davis, whatever the hell LeBron was doing, LeBron is still like better than that team. Like, I don't believe in those Portland teams that really got swept in the first round. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. It's going to be a rough look for the rest of of these ones, but I, you know, we we might as well go through the list. Um, The national championship winning Baylor bears from this year. They look pretty good in the national championship. So, (laughs) so David Mitchell's NBA ready, right? Like he's Mm going to fit onto a team and contribute (laughs) right away. And like, I could have seen him like lighting up the Lakers, you know, for like two games in like a, a, I don't know, six game series. They win two because he went out and put up like 35 and they were like, "Who, who the hell is this dude? And like, why can't we defend him? Um, I they probably win a game like I could see them winning a game with how we saw like the Lakers just kind of mail in the performances and if you get one of those like no furs from Dennis Schroeder like yeah they might not win the series but it's going to be better than you think it might be I love that answer I love it has to attack also, Kuzma <laughs> also separately uh it still blows my mind that Davian Mitchell and uh uh De- uh, what am I talking about? Um, Donovan Mitchell and Davian Mitchell are not related and they're both 45 <laughs> and they both have the exact same playing style. Like, uh, I, I searched it on Google they, like three separate times. They have to be March. related. They have to be related. Yeah. <laughs> he That's the comp going to be for him coming in. I know. I, think. I know. And it's just, it, they might as well just be like adopt each other as brothers or something. Yeah. Point. Just, just say and screw with people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you want to go? Yeah, next on the list here, uh, LeBron's St. Vincent varsity team. So let's say you have 100% <laughs> healthy LeBron versus not 100% healthy LeBron. Can they gonna, steal a I'm game? I say, two? that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's rephrase the question here. Which LeBron would win one-on-one? Ooh. High school LeBron versus Ooh. this only 85% for the rest of his career and probably That's less than that in question. this series, LeBron. I think it's got to be high school LeBron. Well, I think it's just blow by him. He just blow by him. Yeah, that's tough. Because like that's like the thing, right? Yeah. Old LeBron so has athletic. like the Jedi He's mind so tricks. He's just like yeah, a that is basketball true. genius. He just levitate I on think the court, what, but <laughs> there's that. What helps older LeBron is his three-point shots better than when he stepped into the league. So if he mm. just kind of hits threes and starts draining them so lebron his rookie year shot 29 percent from three mm-hmm. like that's if he doesn't have that outside shot he's got to get to the rim and score every single time but if lebron doing his like you know veteran savvy moves starts draining threes and gets those i don't know it could be interesting but it's probably closer than we think yeah we're reenacting the lebron instagram post when he was like shout out to my form my younger self for putting me in position <laughs> to be my remember that one, but yeah, at, like mind check. Also, you have to think current LeBron is not guarding young LeBron in that series. No, no, he would not be. You're no, very not. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it exhausts him. Yeah, I think I like young LeBron in that situation. I like him a lot there. Uh, next one that we got similar kind of. I guess this is in a similar vein to the last question, but the 2012 uh, Kentucky team with Anthony Davis, a non-injured Anthony Davis. So that team was so like really freaking good. Who uh, who else? Um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was on that team, right? Mm-hmm. Terrence Jones was on that team. 
was there a Teague on that team too who might have come off the bench? You had uh, Darius Miller. Darius Miller came off the bench. I think Teague started. Um, that that one's interesting because weren't I think six guys were drafted off of that squad. Like yeah. to, that that's kind of crazy yeah. to think about that six guys, including five in the first round, four in the first round. I'm I'm not remembering them exactly. I actually went to that national title game because it was in the Superdome here in New Orleans. Oh wow. Um, that one's going to be close because Anthony Davis was as ready of an NBA player, at least defensively that we had probably ever seen come into the league, or at least, you know, that, that I had ever seen in my time covering all of this. So that team, like, yeah, that's probably the closest one out of all the ones you've said so far. I, I don't know who would necessarily win a series or who is better, but that, I mean, look at the talent that that Kentucky team put, in they've just got to hope it doesn't go to like free throws or something down the stretch of the game because that's where coach cow will end up killing you since he doesn't really kind of coach that sort of thing um but that team was freaking stacked they crushed that kansas team that was really really good that year yeah it had so they it was it was six guys anthony davis michael kid Gilchrist, terrence joan marquis t doran lamb darius miller which is just right, i got I'm Insane. glad I got five of those. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. That was very impressive. Yeah. Okay. Last I remember that one. team really well for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. That team was awesome. Yeah. Um, last one we have here. So I don't know if you remember NBA Street Volume 2, the video game on Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> I don't, but I know it. All right. Yeah. It was like NBA Street version, and you guys play like all the old players. So, but you only had three guys on your team. It was three on three basketball. Would my be a legend team in NBA Street Volume Two? I just want to mention I had I had Dr. J. Would they win a game against these Lakers? It's five on three, but you have like all the all the Hall of Famers and everything. I mean, look, Dennis Schroeder had a game where he didn't make a shot, so you're playing that. That brings the Lakers down to four, four right there. <laughs> you know. Uh, like Kuzma's half a player, probably like, I don't want to take them all the way down to zero. So they're at three and a half and it's like three and a half of a broken down LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's like really injured and couldn't run like that. That quits to one player, right? So we're two and a half guys. So when you really do the math on it, the three, the three hall of famers probably actually have the numbers in the advantage with that. Like, I don't, even think those five Lakers could could guard three Hall of Famers like that. And like the, they'd let Dennis Schroeder shoot like they'll give him every open three and be like, take him, my man, like, go ahead. Here's all the space in the world. And if he misses like two, he's already in his head. And he's only going to miss him going forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like give me yeah. the three three Hall of Famers on that one. Yeah. Plus, you either have Drummond or Gasol as your other option there. So that's and Drummond's going to be like, Oh, there's only three of them. I get to score and do what I want and take the yeah. ball away from and everyone else. Like that's the worst thing you can do. Yep. <laughs> a, a confident Drummond. Yeah. Yeah. God, scary. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like when uh, Boston Celtics fans always say the worst thing in the world is when Marcus Smart hits his first two threes, because you know <laughs> that he's going to take 20 that game. <laughs> okay. Last, last. Yeah, no, it's like I that have. idea. Yeah. The last question I had for you, and this is very top of mind because I just watched the 76ers Atlanta Hawks game. How long do you think it would take you, or maybe you already can, uh, to become better at shooting free throws than Ben Simmons? <laughs> like, do you think right now, um, today, line up 100 free throws? You think you can 
I mean, what was he? Twenty five percent. What was he? Twenty five percent against the Wizards. Yeah, I'm like pulling up his numbers here. Yeah, I know <laughs> the, at one point he was twenty five percent. Oh god, he's three of ten. Okay, three thirty percent <laughs> in this game. Oh, that's rough, man. You yeah, can make like, twenty five free throws out of a hundred, right? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, like easily. So I'm wondering if I could beat him. Like the thing is, those guys in like open gyms, right? Like I've seen it where I've seen like, like you know, you watch, go watch Ben Simmons warm up before a game, and he'll make like ten of ten from three, and you're like, well, like what, what is going on here? And then they cannot do it in a game. So like I might need to cheat a little bit and bring in some like crowd noise or get all of my friends to like show up for you know to the to the court to like cheer and stuff, which probably gets in his head a little bit. And then he's going to start missing them, but I'm not phased by that. So yeah, like, I think like if you give me like a week of just shooting a lot of free throws, given how bad he is in games, we try and recreate some of that game atmosphere. I can, I can get him. I think Mute sports alcohol should sponsor that. If you yeah. decide to go through with it, go like rent out a gym or something, take a hundred <laughs> free throws, maybe we'll live stream it. it yeah. uh, presented by the, Mute sports the, alcohol. <laughs> it's got the LSU ties. Let me see if I can talk to someone who can, who can make a phone call here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm sure Ben Simmons would be game for that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me just get him on here. Yeah, yeah. Ben. So you can yeah. embarrass Come on down to New Orleans. Yeah, we got we to gotta do something here. Yeah. yeah, look, you don't want someone calling you out on like that. There's a lot of pride on the line. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Maybe he'll he'll take you up on that. If you're shooting 100 free throws. If you're shooting 100 free throws too, I feel like you could take the first 50 as just practice, and whichever ones you make, you're good. And then from there on out, you only have to shoot 50% of the next 50, (laughs) and you're better than Ben Simmons. Like, who can't do that? Yeah, that's pretty Um, good. What did he shoot this season from the line? I think much better, like 70. Yeah, hopefully. Well, so it's means, just in the playoffs. Okay. But that means that. Yeah. But this is like the playoffs. This is the regular season. It's a one game thing. Exactly. Yeah. Pressure so it plays into my, my advantage here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 61% 60 on his career. Okay. That's uh, not that's great. A lot, like, that's a lot better than 30%. We'll go with 30%. Yeah, yeah. When push comes to shove, he's that. shooting 30% from the line. Yeah. Uh, well, the worst you. case is I get to hang out with Ben Simmons. Exactly. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Jake. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for dealing with our silly questions here. Uh, but loved having you on as someone who actually has knowledge and, and all the information for us. Uh, and it was it was a good time talking with you. No, of course. Thanks for having me on, you guys. This was a lot of fun. I've been on boring podcasts before. This was not one of them. So thank you yeah. guys for that. Um, so keep doing it. Score. <laughs> thank you. That's all we're going for. <laughs> Anything but boring. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. Well, fellas, Father's Day is coming up and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or rocking a six pack, make sure you and your pops are smelling nice and shaved where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year and get him him, him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Once again, we have 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code MEAT at manscaped.com. I think my dad goes back and forth on how he feels about our Manscaped sponsor. Mm. You know, a, a lot of days he's like, that's pretty sick and pretty hilarious. And half the time he's like, I can't believe my son is talking about shaving his balls to an infinite amount of people who want to listen to the podcast. That being said, 
He's a big fan of Manscaped. And I might have to pick him up this cologne for Father's Day. Get your own dad, a lawnmower 4.0 or refined cologne or anything else at manscaped.com. They have tons of awesome products and get 20% off and free shipping using promo code MEAT. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Now is time for another rendition of the Chicken Coop. Uh, this week, in honor of the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather celebrity boxing match, as well as just the kind of the general trend of celebrity boxing matches, uh, we decided for our Chicken Coop this week is to do uh, celebrity boxing matches that we want to see. So, to remind everybody of the rules, uh, J Mo and I will go back and forth pitching our um, our celebrity boxing matches and the other will decide if they're in or out. Uh, so yeah, JMO, do you, uh, want to start things off? Yeah, this works surprisingly well with the theory of the segment because you do actually decide to pay for pay-per-view or not unless oh, yeah. it's an illegal stream. Yeah. So like this kind of makes sense and props to you. I basically forgot the premise of this segment since it's no, been a see, while. So I, you really see, pulled that out of your ass. No, when I said, when I said, for those of you who that forgot uh, or may have forgotten, I was like, J-Mo is most likely in the camp of people that forgot because I remembered it like 20 seconds ago. So, I mean, this is like a bonus for me. I'm like, I thought we were yeah. just going to do a stupid thing in no, the essence no. of it being stupid, but there's no, like a facade of yeah. structure to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's say, okay. So let's say, it's a pay-per-view $50 for like the pay-per-view event. That I much? think we got to go more than 50. I'm willing to pay 50. Oh, you well, know what? I illegally stream everything though. So maybe 50 no, no, this real hard-earned American dollars. 50 real hard-earned American dollars. Are you going to pay for this fight or not? Okay. That's a real, also okay, that's keep good. in mind the fact that like, you know, someone might get knocked out in like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. At the end of this, we should build up our actual like lineup too. We like, should build a fight limbs. Yeah, yeah, fight card. Yeah, uh, for sure. that's what and they see call who's it. The headliner, boxing, not, the, who's, not a lineup. Who sees the headliner too? We can decide who's the undercard and who's the headliner. Yep, perfect. Yeah, All right, right let me throw it. my first one at you. Okay. Uh, we have rapper Wiz Khalifa against basketball star Kevin Durant, uh-huh. and this works on multiple levels. First, exact same body type. They're both tall and lanky. I'll, I'll give you this. Kevin Durant is taller than Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, though, looked it up. He's like 6'4", which sounds great, except Kevin, Kevin Durant has a 7'5 seven seven wingspan. <laughs> but I'll throw this at you as well. Wiz Khalifa actually trains pretty aggressively at boxing and kickboxing and is absolutely shredded out of his mind. I don't know if you've yeah. seen him on like Instagram and stuff, but he I like haven't lately. No, legit haven't. hits the heavy bag like a like a pro. Maybe let me say that back. Not like a pro. <laughs> like like Wiz Khalifa. If Wiz Khalifa got into boxing, that's how he hits the heavy bag. So that's what it is. Oh yeah! Wow! Holy shit! Yeah, he's shredded. Okay, same body type as Kevin Durant. I don't think Kevin Durant could ever look like this ever. 
No. And here's the thing. If you were to shrink Kevin Durant into a normal sized human being or even just a tall human being and put him yeah. next to what Wiz Khalifa looks like now, you would yeah. pick Wiz Khalifa in that fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wiz Khalifa looks good, dude. I know he's, he's ripped. Dude, wow. I've, if, he, if you don't follow him on him. Instagram, it's a good follow. I it's just him so. lighting up a joint and doing Muay Thai. Wow. And like that does talking sound about awesome. life. It's great. Um, well, does 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 Wiz Khalifa Wiz Khalifa will probably be high for this? Does he get a smoke like between rounds? If he wants, I was gonna say just to like fluff it up for your fifty dollars here, let uh-huh. Wiz Khalifa perform. Yeah. Okay, cool. I I wouldn't be offended if you wouldn't pay the fifty dollars for this though. I I think I would. I think I think if 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 part of it is assumed that if like Kevin Durant loses, he'll go on like the Twitter tirade of all time uh and like just like reply to a bunch of uh reply guys in his DMs and stuff like that. If that's part of it. Is just the Kevin Durant social media experience that would come with it, then I'd probably pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I feel like this is kind of the odd situation where I have more doubts about the mental like fortitude of the professional athlete than I do the guy who's not a professional athlete. Like yeah. I think Kevin Durant's a, a bitch. Wiz- yeah, I think Wiz Khalifa could do it no problem. I mean, obviously he's been training. Yeah, like- Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant would like just- fall down and be like, oh, he's start complaining about the rules. Yeah, exactly. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. Did you know that uh in the so the, in the for the NBA draft combine, this is just a fun fact, uh talking about Kevin Durant's athleticism. Um, you know how for the NFL combine they do 225 bench press? Yeah, um, that's like their test. For the NBA, they do 185, and it's the same thing. You go for reps, as many reps as you can get. There's only been one person in the history of the NBA draft combine to not put up a single rep at 185. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. He couldn't Holy put up a, shit. A single rep. I did know that he wasn't able to do 185. I didn't know that he was the only one. Yeah. Oh my God. That is brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. I, when did they start doing that though? Because there's no way Larry Bird's throwing around 185. Yeah. I don't know. He's got that dad strength. You That's know? true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the dad at 21 years old. He's just Kevin, he looks Kevin, like a lake dad. Yeah. You could just like, you know, haul around a boat. You don't even know how they're that strong, but they are. Yeah. Kevin Durant's probably one of the few NBA players that if you saw a shirtless, you'd be underwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be scared. It'd be, I don't even think yeah, it would like, like a giant spider. <laughs> limbs all over the place. Like Chase Sugarman coming at you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, my first one uh, is not exactly a celebrity. I, what I was looking up is, is, is this person a celebrity and not really. So it's Trey Young versus the guy who cuts Trey Young's hair. I was looking up to see maybe he has like a celebrity barber, but I couldn't find it. It's pretty good. Is it yeah. out of spite for how bad he fucks up Trey Young? Well, so I think it's both out of spite for how Trey Young is is upset that his hair always looks like that, and the guy who cuts his hair is upset. Clearly, he has, hates to, he has to touch his hair all the time too. He has to touch his baby pube hair. So 
I think there would be a lot of resentment <laughs> in the ring. I think it would be personal. You know, same thing with Wiz Khalifa performing before the boxing match. We could get a live haircut of Trey Young yeah, before exactly. the match. Really f- fuck him up, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm paying $50. No, I'm paying $50, $50 for that. Just out there of, like, go. principle. Yeah. I don't know. By You're the way, not going to you... miss it. Oh, yeah, like my friends are going to watch and I'm not going to know what they're talking about. Like yeah, bitch. exactly. No, exactly. I basically will watch any sporting event that other people watch to know about it and be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. half the reason I have this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's the only reason. <laughs> it's just to talk. <laughs> um, by the way, did you write those down on paper? I sure did. Are you kidding? No. Can you show it? On camera? Well, I can't show it because you'll see the rest of them. I don't want to spoil it, but I'll show you at the end. I wrote it down on paper. That I is... had paper. I had paper and a pen out because I was doing something else with pen and paper. And I was like, we'll do things the old fashioned way. And That's it was good crazy. for the, it was good for the, uh, the, the creative process, you know, like I wrote one down and you can see, I, I scratched it out and then I put in a different one. It was very you know, cathartic to be able to really scratch it and then write a new one. It helps the brain. That is, I might, do, I might do this for the rest of our segment. Yeah, writing down manscaped ads. Yeah, yeah. Trim your so. balls with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crossing shit out. Cross out that. balls, write nuts instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, good work. We really Thanks. put prep into this podcast. That's, I that's sure awesome. do. Yeah. Is it a legal yeah. pad? No, it's just a printer paper. Okay. Legal pad would be good. Yeah, yeah, I'd write branded, down some smart shit if I had a legal pad on me. Branded legal pads. For, for me sports alcohol? Yeah. Nah, yeah, I'm down. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'll make it happen. Yeah. All right, what's yours? My second one uh, is our boy. Well, maybe not our boy. The man, Chet Hanks oh, yeah. versus Forrest Gump. Okay. Not his father playing Forrest Gump the legit person in the movie Forrest Gump, like in right. character, like he's literally boxing Forrest Gump. Okay. But well, are we assuming it's, it's Tom Hanks in character. Like he can't break character. I'm saying we're pretending or we're, we're just in a different world. Reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we completely lost touch with reality. He's literally yeah. boxing the person Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, And it's perfect because first I had Chet Hanks versus uh, boxing Tom Hanks. Yeah. And I was like, that would be fun to watch. But Tom Hanks, like, who are you kidding? He's got yeah. he's got brain fog yeah. from COVID. Yeah. yeah. And Chet Hanks is jacked. Yeah. But Forrest Gump is perfect because he's like the exact opposite of everything that Chet Hanks stands for. He just like keeps his head mm. down. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's stupid, unlike Chet Hanks. Yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> and I'm in. I'm in yeah. for that matchup. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, I mean... I suppose this kind of goes against your whole disconnecting reality thing. But if we're assuming this is this is someone with the same body type as Tom Hanks 30 years ago, like matchup wise, that's about as perfect of a matchup as you can get. That's extremely true. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. You know, Floyd Mayweather king of boxing, all technique, everything. But at the same time, Logan Paul has been training for a year. Mm-hmm. And he's taller, so basically, perfectly equal. Yep, that's basically yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I meant by that. So it's spot on. How about this? How about 
uh, you get Tom Hanks to go full blown character actor, play Chet Hanks thirty years ago, and box Forrest Gump, the real person. So is Chet Hanks a baby in this situation? No, <laughs> no, Chet Hanks currently. Okay, he knows. Yeah. He knows. He goes back in time. Yeah. Plays Chet Hanks as a character in a movie. Okay. And fight for his. Oh, so that's how we can get it in the same universe. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. The Forrest Gump universe. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That makes well, sense. <laughs> I, personally, I'm spending fifty dollars on this just because it's literally out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I we'd mean, ever have an opportunity to <laughs> define the laws of space and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enter the Forrest Gump universe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. I'd pay I'd pay fifty dollars on this. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm in. Good. I'm in. I'd pay for it. Uh, What's also, yours? Yeah. Well, when you make it like this, the as real as like uh am I in or out, or just like would you pay fifty dollars to pay the, to watch this fight? I think that it's really showcasing how easily I spend money on stupid things. Because I legitimately would spend fifty dollars on all these things in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I yeah. also though it's hard to imagine a world where you can't illegally watch things. Mm, yeah, I mean, but I, can't I just even... like having the stream. You know, I like. I've done it. Good. You I've done like it. Having the legit pay per view where you're like yeah. have no concern about it buffering it just, or fucking up. You're just yeah, like exactly. Oh, just you just taken down halfway up. through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, my next one. Uh, I don't think this is going to be much of a fair fight, um, but it's Dr. Dre versus Dr. Dre. One of the Dr. Dre's being the radio host from New York and the other being the famous hip hop producer that we all know. And the winner gets to claim themselves as the true Dr. Dre. Unfortunately, the radio host or DJ uh, Dr. Dre spelled out full doctor, not D-R, period. Unfortunately, he has, is both blind and lost a leg due to diabetes. So, and Dr. Dre, the hip hop producer, is like jacked. So I don't know how fair of a fight it would be, but. <laughs> You're basically saying pay $50 to see Dr. Dre beat up a cripple of the same name i mean out of my values i don't know well, so i don't know if i can it's pretty funny i looked up dr dre in new york because i was like i think i know who you're talking about but i'm not positive first thing hip-hop pioneer dr dre lost his leg yeah. second thing hip-hop pioneer dr dre loses his vision yeah he's had a and that was all in the last like two years he's had a tough rough go at it as of late damn that's yeah. tough well how about this uh dr dre versus our boy og mako because he too is disabled now what happened oh because he didn't he have some like skin thing yeah like brutal skin disease or something yeah og mako yeah like i forgot about that yeah you yeah. got like a flesh-eating bacteria right yep Yep, that's right. Yeah. I don't want to pay $50 for this I don't want to see that. You know what? (laughs) I wouldn't be offended if you passed. (laughs) How about this? I donate $50 (laughs) 
to watch Dr. Dre's fight against diabetes. Diabetes. Nice. Good for you. I know. Good for me. <laughs> good for you, man. Wow. Speaking of unfair fights, though, I have an unfair fight of my own. Uh, rapper J. Cole versus a book. Because uh, <laughs> J. Cole's going to lose. I'm saying it's unfair for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he said that he doesn't read books. He doesn't read books. Yeah. So yeah. all we're doing is just posting up. Even better, I mean, along the same lines, Floyd Mayweather versus a book. I was thinking that. I was thinking, I mean, well, 50 Cent literally did this to him and he lost. It was yeah. it was it was Floyd Mayweather versus like the first page of the Wizard of the Wizard of Nas. Cat in the hat. Cat in the hat. That's it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like fifty thousand dollars for a charity of his choice if he Three. read the first page of <laughs> Cat in the Hat and he didn't do it. But that would be hilarious if they just like dropped like the Bruce Buffer mic into the middle of the <laughs> ring and you just threw Floyd a book. Yeah, like, all right. and they had a nice like reading chair and they have the book down and you have to sit down and do it. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of sad seeing Floyd May- Mayweather like try to talk shit to Logan Paul. I mean, his entire career, but I just I've been recently watching him against Logan Paul because it's like he has the idea in his head. Like he's definitely practiced and thought about what he wants to say, but he can just not articulate it at all. It just comes yeah. out like genuinely sad. Just like, oh my god, you really cannot read or talk. Yeah, yeah, Crazy. yeah. Paying fifty bucks to watch I'm it. Definitely though. paying fifty dollars to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What's uh? What's up next? Oh no, you just went. You just yeah. Went. Yeah, it was all you. Yeah. Okay, so this one's pretty timely. Um, and I mean, this one's a no-brainer. I would probably personally pay like fifty thousand dollars to watch this um bryson dechambeau versus brooks kepka oh my god that's a good one right oh my god like legit oh my god kepka would beat the shit out of him i don't know though bryson's huge and he would take it really seriously oh my god that is such a good one could that, that actually happen. happen i know we should start organizing that oh my god i know how much i, I mean Okay, let's let's actually think this through. Yeah, let's, chicken coop. We're pitching yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. So reasons why they wouldn't do it. It completely like it would go uh, golf pro- wouldn't like it. No, it probably is against some player contract that they have. How much money would it take for them to do it? Personally, I would actually I would pay like. A lot, I would pay a lot of money to watch this. I think you could get a pretty big pool here. Yeah. I mean, can like Dave Portnoy make this happen? I yeah. was going to say we should start like a GoFundMe campaign or something. Yeah. But I don't then, know if we could raise that kind no, of money. No, Dave Portnoy could just write a check for twice whatever we raised. Wow. That would yeah. be so good. What do you think? The line, what do you think the line would be? I, th- I think Bryson would be the favorite because he's. Wow. Because he's bigger. Because he's the bigger dude. God. But uh, weight-wise, they're like relatively like now that Bryson's so big, I don't know anymore. But like, I feel like size-wise, let's look this up. I was gonna say I was gonna look up their reach, but then I was like, I don't know if they, they, don't, have they don't do that for golfers. That for golf, 
Uh, Bryson's six one. Brooks is six foot. Six foot. Okay. So about it the says same. Brooks is. It says Brooks is two oh five. Uh, How much does we... it say Bryson is? Bryson's probably like two twenty. Two forty. Wow. He'd have to cut. He'd have to cut weight. Yeah, we should make it. There should be a weight. Yeah. That you have to uh, meet. Yeah, Apparently he slimmed down though from 240. Yeah, wow. I think yeah, I think he's slimmed down because his biggest was like last year post lock like post season shutdown when he came back and he had just like looked like a balloon. But since last year, I think he's gone smaller. slimmed it down, cut a little bit, you know. Yeah, he Wikipedia has him at 245. That is something tells nuts. me though. I feel like Brooks is just naturally more athletic though. Oh, for sure. I mean, in yeah. terms of like picking up boxing and like being able to like move his head and shit like that. Yeah, I agree. Like Brooks would be able like learn the sport quicker. Yeah, he'd have faster hands. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Wow. Well, that was a good one, Dylan. I got to give you props. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I would. I would. I would watch that. All right, a, a bit less of a competitive matchup here. Yeah. <laughs> Addison Ray versus Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. Now, here was my thinking. And I didn't really end up with the matchup that I wanted. But I was like, I got to get Ellen on this list. Mm -hmm. Because Ellen would just be, in terms of showmanship, awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, she's kind of, you know, she got kind of mini canceled. So she's pissed off and needs to make Mm -hmm. a big comeback. But at the same time, she's going to be all jovial and happy and dancing around and stuff mm-hmm. and just match her up against like 40 years younger version of her. So I was thinking like that's not Addison Ray, but like some kind of trendy young person that we could just watch Ellen like beat up. Yeah. Well, it's not a celebrity, but in terms of like spite and resentment, if you just got like a former Ellen staffer. I'm sure that would have put up. A good there time. we go. <laughs> yeah. Let her get her revenge. Yeah. I, I was thinking bad baby. Okay. Just because okay. I was thinking, where can I fit her in anywhere? Yeah. She's got to be involved in this. Cause right? she's kicking somebody's ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, but she would fuck up Ellen. Like, Oh yeah. And she would fight dirty too. She yeah. would like, yeah. Grab her, claw. grab her hair. Claw Especially because Ellen is literally 87 years old. Yeah. Like you'd have yeah. to genuinely be concerned for her health. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, forgive my ignorance here. Is Addison Ray the one that was like, Hey, did you invite you? I'm, why didn't I go to your, no, Ellen was like, Oh, I'm botching it. Ellen was I, don't like, know what I don't know what you're talking about. Ellen was like, Ellen was like, Ellen was just like, Oh, they were talking about their birthday. And Ellen was just like, oh, you didn't invite me to your birthday party. And Addison Ray was just like, I did actually, but I don't know if this is Addison Ray. Whoever the other person was, I don't think that was. I don't think that was what I thought started the downfall because it was really awkward. And then it turns out that Ellen was just at the Cowboys game with George W. Bush. Yeah, fuck. Was that Addison Ray? Dude, I gotta tell you, I I fought no Dakota Johnson. I don't know who that is. I don't know. I don't know who either of them are, to be honest. Do you think being honest, I don't entirely know who Addison Ray is. Yeah, I don't really know. She dated everyone. Logan Paul. I I don't know if that's true. I take that back. I don't know. (laughs) if I'm assuming. I'm assuming. 
it doesn't matter. I'm going to go out on a limb, though, and say I know for a fact that Dakota Johnson did not invite Ellen DeGeneres to her birthday. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for that. Sorry. I don't know who Addison Ray is, so it doesn't get the full. I was just trying to get Ellen in there. Yeah. Ellen well, I think, I mean, it's not a celebrity, but if you just got, like, maybe like a former staffer and the, instead of the, they're not boxing, but it's a former staffer gets to throw hot coffee on Ellen instead of the other way around. Like it was. Nice. How about this? It's not a fight or hot coffee. It's a lawsuit. Oh and yeah. And it's real. It's happening right <laughs> it's now. It's ongoing. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to pay. You just show yeah. up the court. You can see. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. That was my last one. What's, what's yours? Uh, my last one uh, is, two uh dorks with unbelievably annoying fan bases and the winner gets to be the king dweeb uh with uh and the two fan bases merge and they get to be the one true ruler of the nerds and that's elon musk versus joe rogan fighting fighting yeah and winner wait, the, the dweebs are fighting wait, 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 wait. no 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 literally elon musk, elon elon musk fights joe rogan and whoever the winner is gets the other's um, army of dweebs. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. So they can combine and have the most powerful army of dweebs. All right. Well, off the bat, I'm spending infinite money on that. <laughs> I mean, you can't name a dollar value. If I'm, gonna, I'm going into credit card debt to see that. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the only thing you have going against you is Joe Rogan could murder someone. Joe like Rogan he would, would murder, murder Elon, Musk. Elon Musk. But okay, wait. Here I have a stipulation. Elon Musk gets to make an Iron Man style suit to fight Joe Rogan. He gets his flamethrowers. He can yeah. bur- burrow a tunnel under yeah. under yeah. Joe Rogan yeah. through yeah. the streets of Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And so it's basically it's, it's okay. So you give how about that? You give it's Joe Rogan just on his own, like roided up Joe Rogan versus elon musk with like a budget of like a hundred million dollars to make himself into make himself an iron man suit or something along those lines i mean this is icing on the cake i mean i was in (laughs) i was in just only hands yeah um speaking of yeah we gotta we gotta do some steroids oh yeah i mean like for the podcast let's get a testosterone sponsor or steroids, yeah, yeah. Legit straight, steroids, straight, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like straight HGH. <laughs> get, get them to get someone who just sells steroids on the podcast. Mm-hmm. This segment is brought to you by the guy behind LA Fitness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stabs me in my ass with a needle. <laughs> it would I've be been... pretty funny. It would be pretty funny <laughs> if we just started like, whoa, we're sponsored by steroids, and then like three months from now, it's just like we're massive and like your necks are bulging out we just don't acknowledge it at all i'm like the fifth prospect in the tampa bay's (laughs) tampa bay rays minor league team yeah exactly yeah Yeah, i'm down all right let's do it yeah all right so final card let's figure this out i'm gonna say uh joe wrote what was your really good one oh bryson Bryson yeah that's number one yeah uh j cole versus a book yeah has to be Trey Young versus the guy that cuts Trey's hair, and maybe finish it off with. Oh, and then uh, start off with Whiskey for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah, 
Yep. Yep. Lock it in. Book it. I remember those days I had no rights. I remember those days I had no sticks. And that was our show. Next week, we're going to be talking to Shohei Otani. Is he speaking English? I don't know. I don't know. But he said he'd come on. All right. We'll have to get a translator. Yeah. Yeah. Good good thing I've been working on my Japanese throughout the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Got my Rosetta Stone in to talk to Shohei about hitting dingers. Yep. Uh, By the way, breaking news. I don't know if you've been looking at your phone. Your boy, Chad Johnson, dropped. Absolutely dropped. No. And his boxing match already happened. I didn't want to break your heart. No. I saw it was going on while we were recording. I, I didn't, didn't want to distract you. early. Yeah, oh. so I saved it for the outro, and now you know. Oh. Yep. Ocho. Yeah, taking a big right hand to the chin from Brian Maxwell. No clue who that is. I have no idea. I still don't know. I'm I bet, can we get him on the show? Yeah, it'll probably be a hot commodity after knocking out Ocho. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, sorry to tell you that. Uh, but excited to talk to Shohei. Oh, Next. God, I just watched it. Oh, did he get demolished? Oh, he got a fat hook to the chin. Okay, I got to pull it up now, too. Oh. Oh wow, yeah, he got yeah. he got pummeled. Oh, and he ran oh. over and just stood over him. Did they call the fight? How did they no, they kept fighting after that? This is good audio content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. They, keep it all in. Wow, Chad Johnson's still ripped. Yeah, yeah. Or Oche Senko. Does he have a strong preference now? Well, he's Chad Johnson now, but he still calls himself Ocho, but it's not his official legal name. Oh, he legally switched it back. Yeah, he le- yeah, he legally switched it back. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, back and forth. All right, and that was our show. Uh, da- subscribe to the podcast. So next week you, d- you could hear our interview with Shohei Otani. Follow us on social media at me sports Alec. Still have some major news coming. I think we're yes. waiting for like the actual it's it's in. Like it's, it's already in. happened. Locked it in. The, <laughs> the contract has been signed. Like legitimately, like a legitimate contract. Yeah um has been signed <laughs> your your boys have an llc mm-hmm. big uh, news we'll leave it at that yep yep we'll leave it there all right thanks so much guys peace peace and love today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now because maybe